My name is Rob, and you're listening to WESU Middletown. And like I mentioned a minute ago, people check us out on the web. And if you're unfamiliar with that, our website is at WESUFM.org. And if you go there, you can check out our weekly play schedule, look at our history. And uh, if you got internet access anywhere in the world, then you can listen to us no matter where you are in the world because you can stream us live online from our website. Anyway, a couple minutes ago, we were listening to music from Todd Rundgren, and the next thing we're going to listen to is music from somebody who is well-known for his association with Todd Rundgren, Chasm Sultan, um, who was the bass player in Rundgren's band Utopia from the mid-70s to the mid-80s when they broke up. Sultan has a new solo album coming out shortly called All Sides, and he kindly provided us with a couple tracks uh, exclusive preview tracks, which we're going to hear in a little bit, but I also got a chance to sit down and talk with Chasm a little while ago, and we're going to listen to, in addition to listening to some of Chasm's music, we're going to listen to my interview with him. It's been four years since you released Quick, Quick Pro, 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 Pro. Pro. <laughs> I, I always I know, it's difficult. Um, but you've hardly been idle in that time. You've been yeah. doing multiple tours with Todd and Meatloaf yeah. and the new Cars thing yeah. and playing on Broadway. Mm. Has that left you any time for writing or starting another album, a follow-up to it? Or yeah, I've actually writing? started writing for... I never really stopped writing. It's just that my... my uh, I'm not very prolific. It takes me a while mm. to, to complete songs. Uh, and I don't know whether that's because I'm just too busy or because that's just the way I write. I don't know. Uh, but um, I'm in the process of putting together another record. It'll probably take me about another year, year and a half to finish. Maybe a year if I'm lucky. You know. uh, the new love tour and all that will probably... Yeah, meet will probably take me well into uh, 2008. Oh, really? That I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Bad Out of Hell 3 doesn't come out until October 31st of this year. So by the time we get on the road with that, it won't be in February or March of next year. Um, and then if, if you think that we'll do a U.S. tour, a European tour, Australia, then back to the U.S., then back to Europe and England. And so I'm, they usually say like 18 months. If you, if you get 12 months out of it, that's it. That's, that's good. So your time's accounted for for a lot of that. Pretty much, yeah. But I actually do some work on the road. I, I, for the longest time, it was difficult for me to write um, songs on the road. I just, it, I would just rather sit and watch television. <laughs> is it easier when you're on the road with someone like me, where the focus is more on him, as opposed to when you were in Utopia, a lot more of the press? You, know, you were doing a lot more of the press when you were in Utopia. Uh, you know, that, that's got its upside and its downside to it. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's not my behind out uh, on hanging out there every night, you know, having to sing, uh, you know, 10 or 11 Meatloaf songs. Um, this, you know, it's nice to be that guy on stage that, uh, that everybody comes to see, but sometimes, you know, it's like that comes with its own set of problems. And, um, as much as I like doing that stuff, it's like I don't mind being a passenger every once in a while, but I guess a lot. I don't mind it, because that's pretty much what I do. Right. You know? Which is why, I, actually, I enjoy playing with the car so much, because I kind of got a chance to step out and sing some songs by myself. If I told you I've been thinking that sometimes I just want to fade away Would you worry for a minute and tell me there are times you feel the same would you smile and re- 
reach for my hand Put your arms around me whispering this will pass When I wish that I was stronger Will you say that I'm as strong as any man? When I'm filled with indecision Will you help me just to choose as best I can? If I'm lost with nowhere to go Crippled and convinced I am all alone That's when you say I'll be your everything I will be talk about that and I mean what it's about and uh, how you got involved in it. There, um, it, it's actually run by a guy who, uh, who lives on Staten Island, uh, had cancer as a kid, beat it, and because he beat uh, the odds, um, his, his payback or his, his um, gift back to whatever in the universe made him, you know, well again, is to help other people. Um, they were trying for the longest time to build a facility on Staten Island that was like kind of like a Ronald McDonald house, which is where kids would come from all over the country and get specialized treatment. Uh, they would live there. Um, they would uh, they would have access to uh, you know like playgrounds, ball fields, and um, and the best doctors and. Uh, and, and physicians that uh, that they could attract. I don't know what's happening, but it takes such an, an enormous amount of money to put something like that together. Um, but this, I know that there's still a, a, an active charity. So, um, uh, but I'm not sure exactly where they're at with their proposal and plan right now. Yeah, there's still a link to a quick pro quo on their homepage, yeah. their website. Yeah. Was was any of that an inspiration for having help the child? No. Um, that basically, uh, I, I, I was living in a small apartment on Staten Island, um, and I was just, I walked into my daughter's room, I only had one daughter at the time, um, and she must have been about seven or eight years old, I think, uh, maybe, maybe nine, and I just walked in and I just started seeing all these things, and I'm like, that would make a good song, there's that little paper rainbow hanging off of her bed, and you know, the dolls on the nightstand, and, that song actually was written about me just walking into my kid's room, taking a look around, and not saying, Jesus, what a mess is this is, <laughs> but, you know, just taking a, a look at what, what was going on in her room at the time. A paper rainbow hangs in the room Dolls on the nightstand, a bride and a groom Outside the window is a pale colored moon Heaven help the child Tiny fingers 
clutching a blanket pulled over her head, praying no monsters are under the bed. Heaven help the child. She needs someone to hold her every day. Somebody who will kiss her tears away. She needs someone to put the pieces back again when her little heart is broken. Chocolate sidewalks and castles of sand. Wells full of wishes and storybook plans. Someday there'll be changes she won't understand. Heaven help the child. Heaven help the child. That's heaven help the child and the one sure thing from Chasm Sultan's last studio CD, Quid Pro Quo. We're going to be back with more music right after this. Yo, that's him right up there. Stop the car right here. Gang violence. Gunshots on Fifth and Vine. Police. Jail. A family. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. A brother alone. Hey, little man, come here. What you got in your bag? A sister afraid. <laughs> A father worried. Son, are you okay? A child without. <laughs> A mother counting the days till her boy is home. I just hope my baby's safe. These are the sounds of gang violence. From the day you're sentenced, your family starts facing the true hard time with you. Something to think about before you commit a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Peace. I am Dope Dave. Friday overnights, 1.30 a.m. Everyone knows hip-hop culture has evolved into a three-dimensional global force with many styles and subgenres. My show is a celebration of the ever-growing list of conscious, progressive rappers and poets, old and new, who create remarkable work but are seldom heard through mainstream media. Join me in the master bedroom under the bed, Friday overnights at 1.30 a.m., right here on FM 88, WESU Middletown, Freeform Radio. Last year, um, both you and Todd Rundgren have been saying in interviews that with 2016, the 30th anniversary, uh, yeah. when you had joined Utopia, which is really when Utopia kind of shifted from being Todd Rundgren's yeah. live thing to being an actual band, uh, uh-huh. there had been talk that you guys were going to do a 30th anniversary tour, and that yeah. never really materialized, and more recently, Todd's attitude in interviews has been, you know, kind of caustic about the whole idea. What What are your feelings about it? I mean, would you like to see it happen? Do you think it ever will? Or? I don't, uh, I mean, I honestly, I, I'm kind of ambivalent about it because on one hand, I would love nothing more than for it to happen, you know? But unfortunately, the way the business is these days and the way that it, 
it, it's just so expensive to put a tour together. And, um, and when you talk about Utopia, there, there are, it might seem like there's a relatively large number of people that really uh, would love to see a Utopia tour, but I think that in the big picture, it, it's really not that many people. And unfortunately, it, it takes it takes so much money to put something like that together that I don't know that promoters or um, or the people that really are responsible for making stuff like that happen uh, would see enough financial gain from it for, in order for them to devote the enormous amount of time that it would take to put it together, which is unfortunate because I think it would be a, I think it would be a guess. I think it would be a great thing. I got the thing is sometimes sometimes things are just better left alone mm -hmm. you know sometimes things are just okay just having it as a, as a wow that was a great time in my life and those guys were great and I had you know fun seeing them at 30 odd shows or however many shows I went to but I think trying to put that together again it would never kind of like it would never live up to what it what the what the idea of it was Previously, you know, or like, or what you would hope that it might be, you know. So it's probably just better to leave it as, you know, that band from 1976 to 1985. <laughs> had a tenuous relationship at best with Bearsville because Bearsville always looked at at the band as a uh, as a diversion from Todd's solo career. You know, they always felt that you know this is just Todd's little project. Let him amuse himself by having his little band, and hopefully he'll do another great solo record. You know, um, and so 
we were always kind of given short shrift by, by the record label in terms of like, you know, they really didn't do, any, do, do a lot of promotion with our records. They didn't really want to put our records out. Um, but in order to keep Todd on the label, they did, mm -hmm. you know, so they resented us because it took Todd away from his solo career, which they thought that he should really devote all of his time and energy towards that and productions. Mm -hmm. And that we were um, a diversion for him. That's the best way to describe it. There ain't no reason why you let me wait. Just give me up and I will go. stab at Bearsville. I mean, the, the subject matter was me getting off of a record label. That's how I, that's why I wrote the song, because I just didn't want to be on Bearsville Records as a solo artist. And they didn't want to let me go, but they didn't want to put out a record either. Feels like the time we spent was gone to waste. Sooner or later it's goodbye. that you were doing a lot, uh, I think last year or the year before, you were actually playing on Broadway too, yeah. uh, in the Billy Joel Twilight mm -hmm. Tharp show. Mm -hmm. um, how is that different than you know playing in a big rock show with Meat Rover? Is um, it's a lot more of like you go in, you do your job, uh, you, you, you get on stage. Well, that particular show was different than most Broadway shows in that uh, the band was actually on stage. Mm -hmm. Most of the time in Broadway shows, bands are in the pit, in the right. orchestra pit or off stage somewhere. Um, but that particular show, the band was part of the uh, part of the show. Um, but it, it, in terms of like what it's like doing that stuff, it's, that was a little weird because it's like you show up, you know, people get there like five minutes before you the stage call, before you're supposed to be on stage. You get up on stage, you play, you know, two hours uh, with an intermission, and then you pack up and you go home. And that's it. It's a, it, it's much more of like a, a real job <laughs> than actually playing music. You know, right. it's like a real. You have a job. You know, mm -hmm. whereas uh, on tour uh, or on the road, um, you know, it's a, uh, it's kind of like a different city every night, a different venue. Um, 
maybe you might mix it up one night you might do you know a, a different song here or there um, and every show is different on right. the road every show is is totally different with um, with moving out even though this might be subtle differences in each show it's like it's pretty much the same every single mm -hmm. night and I can really see why people get you know kind of like you know they they get bored with it you know it's like really easy to get bored in that particular mm -hmm. kind of thing doing that Broadway thing mm -hmm. for me at least right. that's mm -hmm. what it would be like yeah. And did you have any sort of special connection to the songs, at least things I was a yeah, New, I mean, New York I, songwriter? I was, I, I've been a, a, a huge Billy Joel fan ever since he, he came out. You know, I, I, I've always loved his, and even before when he was playing in a band called The Hassles mm -hmm. out of Long Island, uh, I was a big fan. Uh, and I always kind of like, you know, had a, uh, a, a real attraction to the type of stuff that he writes because it's similar to mine. Or mm -hmm. uh, I write, I should say, I write similar s songs to <laughs> his, you know, which is like, you mm -hmm. know, three, four minute pop songs, mm -hmm. you know, nothing real heavy, uh, nothing that deals with any kind of, you know, intense political subjects. Um, but, uh, and his melodies and lyrics are just great. You know, he's, he's a really, really class A, classic songwriter, American songwriter. I don't know what it is that you do I know it's good It's okay, you don't have to say It's understood All that I want is this And all that you Peter Gabriel's been doing it, the Who, Pearl Jam, who are just like, we're going to release every concert we yeah. play kind of as a, to, to try to thwart the bootleggers. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then there are other acts like Fish or Bruce Hornsby or Dave Matthews who were... They encourage it. Yeah, they encourage yeah. the fans to come tape the show. I mean, yeah. um, what's your feeling on that? Do you... I mean, people come to my shows and they bring little tape recorders and video cameras and, mm -hmm. you know, it kind of doesn't bother me. Uh, and especially now because, you know, it's like... Music is, you know, it's just, it's changed, the music business has changed so much over the past 10 years, 15 years, that, uh, you know, you can't, you can't expect people to, like, constantly, you know, plop down 
another 20 bucks or another 15 bucks, another 18 bucks for the same record with two different songs on it. It's, it just doesn't, it doesn't work like that. But so and now it's like instead of moaning about downloading and piracy and stuff like that, at a certain point there are certain things that you should just kind of probably just give away anyway. And I, I mean, what Todd wanted to do uh, ten years ago with Patronet was like, was a great thing, you know. And, and like most things that he does, he was a little ahead of his time. But the subscription services is really a great thing. Unfortunately, for someone like me who takes forever to write one song, you know, it wouldn't really pay for you to like subscribe to for you know a hundred bucks to to me for a year, and then you get like you know half a song at the end of a year. It's like you know, then then That's I'm under customers, yeah. yeah, then I'm under the gun to like you know to produce something and. But I think the subscription service is, is probably where everything is going to go at some point or another. Going back even before Utopia, I know you certainly spoke that you know the Beatles were a huge influence for you growing up. Um, who else were some of the early influences? Uh, Led Ze I mean, I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan. I, I saw Led Zeppelin at, the, at Madison Square Garden in 1972, I think. Um, and Jeff Beck, Rod Stewart, Small Faces. Uh, um, She's, you know, all the British, the early British invasion stuff was all great. Um, and then at the same time, you know, I, I used to listen to Black Sabbath when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I grew up in, in an area where um, there was always like, you know, people bringing new stuff like Terry Reid records and, um, and, and the Vagrants and, you know, uh, um, Lou Reed and and lots, lots of different stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, everything had some kind of an influence on me, I guess. I, I just mention, always mention the Beatles because it was the first real, the first thing that, that, that just, like, you know, lit a fire under me and, said, and, and made me say, this is probably what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Who will be with you as you watch the end unfold? That moment separating body to you approaching this divine the road ahead or all the minutes left behind and my world is filled with dreams of wishes I Everything that I desired if I wanted 
And so I rest tonight with nothing left to hide For all my dreams have ceased along with my desires I only hope that I'm recalled and taught one day As a gentle soul that quietly passed away Todd Elliott and Greg have been t have talked, you know, in a lot of the pre-publicity around It's Alive and it made it sound like the, the, the album and the Road Rage tour were not going to be a one-shot deal that they were hoping to continue the new cars in the future. Do, yeah. you think, do you think you'll be going I, back? I, I mean, I would love to go back, mm -hmm. you know, after, uh, after uh, some time with Meatloaf and um, usually the way it looked, the way, the way that, that it goes with me is like I, I can't wait to get out on the road, I can't wait to to go out and, and start touring and then the first week or week and a half is great and I'm having a great time and then it's like I hate this. <laughs> I wish I was doing something else. I want to go home. So yeah. So um, and, and that's just you know that always happens with me. But uh, I, I, I did speak to Elliot and I, I'm hoping that that's what happens. Um, I was yeah. seeing a lot of great press on the tour, which before the tour started, you know, there were a lot of the naysayers, you know, yeah. come on, the cars without Rick and Ben, right. but it seemed like, uh, I don't think I saw, you know, in all the reviews that people were posting links to online, I don't think I saw one negative review on the tour. Did it seem like you were, you know, winning over a lot of the naysayers with the live shows you're doing? Yeah, I, I mean, as long as people went, you know, went into the show with an open mind and, and didn't, you know, have any preconceptions on what it was going to be like. Uh, Todd, you know, did, was doing a great job um, making those songs his own. Uh, not so much singing, trying to be Rick or sing like Rick, but just doing what he does and bringing his personality and his musicianship to those songs. And, it, it, you know, I thought it worked out really, really well. I thought it was really cool. Who's gonna tell you when?
Sultan. That's going to bring us to the end of our spotlight on Kazi Sultan. That last song we heard was The New Cars with It's Alive, which Chasm took the lead on there. Before that, we had two exclusive new tracks from Chasm's forthcoming CD, All Sides. We heard Minutes Slipping Past and Yellow Cab. Before that, we heard two from Utopia, their big hit Set Me Free that Chasm wrote. And before that was Monument from their final offering, Trivia. I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in. I see I had a big online audience tonight, and I really appreciate all of you tuning in. I uh, also want to send my thanks out to Keith, Jen, and Amanda from Chasm's management team who helped me out on this. Uh, really great people. Uh, I want to send my also also send my thanks out to Sue at the Chasm Info site um, who let everybody know that this was going to be on. Uh, i got to give my thanks also to John and Beth Barber who were a huge help in this. And mostly thanks to Chasm Sultan for taking the time to sit down and talk to me and for 30 years of great music and hopefully there will be 30 more. We're going to go out uh, with the last song from Utopia's 1984 album Oblivion, one that Chasm sang. This is called I Will Wait. And uh, stay tuned for Tim and Rick. They'll be right up next. <laughs>